Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations with the Co-op. This is where we source questions from the Index Co-op community to gain insights from today's leaders in crypto. I am your host, Crypto Texan, and today we have with us Ben and Keela from Chidao. Thanks for being here with us today, guys. How are, how's everything? Howdy, yeah. Everything is good. Uh, this is Keela, by the way. This is my voice, and then Ben. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for, for inviting us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, we're excited about it. I, I'm a big fan of Chidao and, and anything on the Polygon network, so I'm really looking forward to this, and as are many other members of the co-op. So let's just get started uh, on some background on the two of you, Ben and Keela. Like, what's y'all's story, and how did y'all get into crypto and DeFi? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so mine really started with hackathons. When I was in university, I would travel around the United States visiting different hackathons on the East Coast, on the West Coast. Uh, every weekend basically consisted of me flying out to a different city and yeah, just with friends trying to build something that we thought was cool. Um, and yeah, then one, one year I went to Money 2020. Uh, Money 2020, for those who aren't familiar, is a, uh, it's a future of money conference. And it happens in Vegas. Um, so there was a large, large prize pool hackathon that was going on there. And a company called Blockchain.com had a challenge. Uh, and the challenge was build something with their API. Um, but when we were chatting with, when me and my team were chatting with the uh, booth reps, uh, they kept talking about uh, BTC. And ETC um, was kind of a hot topic on campus when I was at UT Dallas, which is the school I went to, uh, because a um, the founder of uh, Silk Road was a UT Dallas alumni, and he had just gotten arrested, I think, a year before. And so there's a lot of buzz around BTC, Silk Road, and so we thought it was really cool. And yeah, we built something there, and that was kind of how we got introduced to the topic um, of blockchain. And then the year after, at Money 2020, we like, we were walking around all of the booths, all the conference booths, not the hackathon booths, but the actual conference booths. And everybody was talking about blockchain and how it was going to change the world. And it was it was so often that we heard the term blockchain that we thought one or two things it was either a big scam or that it was going to be really big and so we started diving a little bit deeper and of uh, kind of fell in love with the topic and uh, i started hosting hackathons with um, a group of friends of mine uh, we hosted blockchain hackathons quite often and that's kind of where i met some of the teammates and yeah that's kind of my intro into into crypto. Um, from that humble beginnings, I have probably degened into way too many things. But yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, what about you, Ben? Yeah, we, we, call, uh, we call Kila the hackathon master here. Uh, I've thrown off. He's planned quite, quite a few of them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a short intro about myself as well. Um, I've been in crypto for a bit as well. I I worked at a startup that focused on like developer tools early on, like a non-EVM chain. That was great. I think it was a good introduction into crypto. I, I love the like decentralized ethos and um, kind of, like accessible finance. That's something that 
Uh, I really liked. At some point, I ended up doing investment banking at City, <laughs> which doesn't doesn't really make sense if you like uh, Adijan at heart. So uh, at some point, I had to leave and uh, apply. I guess all that I learned there into to DeFi and you know I had known Kila from some hackathons and stable coins were were something that we had been chatting about for a bit. So yeah, that's kind of how I came into into Chita. Cool, yeah. So is that how y'all met, just through these hackathons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, it's, it's one really great place to meet, meet people who have similar interests. And for me, I, I loved hosting them because it got me around people that were way smarter than myself. But yeah. I'm me, though. I'm the exception. Yeah, so what, what was the road that led the two of you to Cheetow? Yeah, so uh, we had like a, a mutual friend. Uh, you might know him as Lau. Had uh, been talking about you know stable coins and how, like the role they play within DeFi as being like one of these like founding blocks. Big fan of Maker. Big fan of Maker uh, Liquidity. And yeah, I mean we we all had like I guess a different background. More a developer. I'm finance. It's very good with like hackathon space mathematics background. So we kind of started. He started putting like together this like dream team. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was all through hackathon. Yeah, just I met through hackathons, started talking, and then um, kind of one thing led to another. Okay. Um, yeah, so can y'all just give us, uh, for those who don't know, just a quick rundown of what is Cheetow? Just like a too long, didn't read version? <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Um, really what it is, it, it allows you to use the value of your crypto without selling it. Um, so what... It's as simple as just throwing your crypto into a vault um, and then being able to borrow around 75% of its value uh, interest-free. Um, so you take, you throw your crypto in, you take a loan in stable coins, your loan never grows, um, and you can use that stable coin for really whatever you want. You can use it to lever up, you can use it to farm, I mean, you can use it to... Diversify. Yeah, diversify. Yeah. Uh, pay down higher interest uh, loans. Pay your you bills. Pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you ever are bullish on a token and you got to spend for whatever reason, I mean, it's way better to lock it up or stable coins and use that. Because then if, you know, tomorrow the price of your crypto goes up a lot, which sometimes that happens, uh, you don't lose out on that upside. Right. And aren't there like some tax advantages to that too? Like if you are borrowing oh, yeah. against your crypto, you know, you're not creating a taxable event there. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not CPA, so we can't tell anybody, you know, uh, the specifics where they might live, you know, it might be different, but in general, yeah, it's technically not considered a, like penal tax event because you're not spending the crypto. Right. Yeah. Blanket statement, not financial advice. Exactly. Yeah, and don't want to get anyone in trouble. Nothing we say at all is. This is for informational purposes. uh, Uh, Yeah. So, I guess you know there are other stablecoin protocols out there. What do you feel like sets Chidao apart from those other protocols? Yeah, that's a question. You know, there's like different types of stablecoin. Would be fitting more into the lending protocol, stablecoin bucket, uh, kind of like MakerDAO, kind of like liquidity. I think something that really sets us apart, uh, I think, is two things. One is like accessibility. Um, you know, there's no like minimum like debt that's uh, 
that you have to take out when you when you get along with us. Also, there's just a lot of tokens, so uh, you're not really restrained to you know what collateral you're using. So we have like a, a wide range of there. Uh, I'll take it a step further as well as uh, that it's zero percent interest loans. Um, so a lot of a lot of the other protocols that you may see or, or hear about, there are uh, interest and uh, interest if you do take a loan. Uh, like Ben said, accessibility. If you're trying to take a loan on, for example, Maker or anything on the like on the Ethereum network, it's going to cost you quite a bit in gas fees just to make a transaction. So uh, if you just want to if you want to borrow a small amount, um, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Well, you can't. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, one, you can't, and then two, like even even large small amounts, like may not make sense. I just because of the gas fees. Um, so, you know, we, we wanted to make something that was, um, you know, cheaper and fast, something that was accessible for, for anyone to be able to use. Uh, another thing is, is we have like, exotic style, uh, collateral yield bearing tokens. So, um, for example, you can use your Ave market tokens as collateral with Chidao. Um, we do, we just, uh, increased our loan to value ratio as well so um we have pretty competitive uh, we have a pretty competitive loan to value ratio right now uh yeah i think that's pretty much covers like i think the general differentiators yeah and so because people are posting collateral to borrow these the stable coin and the, you have your own stable coin called my um Yes. So this is a, this would be considered a, a collateralized debt position stable coin, uh, and I, I feel like there's really two main types of stable coins in the crypto space, and that is your your CDP collateralized debt position stable coin, and then you've got your algorithmic stable coins. Uh, how would you compare the two for for our listeners, and what in your mind are some of the shortcomings of algorithmic stable coins compared to CDPs? Yeah, I think the key is who has agency. I think in a, with an algorithmic stable coin, right, as, as the name kind of tells you, it's uh, the protocol making some kind of market actions in order to maintain the peg. Whereas with a CDP stable coin, you know, you have this system of like penalties and incentives to, to make users do certain things or to incentivize them to do certain things. And that keeps the peg. I'm a big fan of decentralization, so I, I prefer when the agency is at the user level and not at the protocol level. We've seen time and time again people trying to create algorithms that work, and they were almost always uh, met with you know, some kind of thing that they didn't think about that uh, just causes problems on the road for the peg. Yeah. Um, also, like, to, to your point there, I honestly think of stable coins in like three different buckets. You've got your centralized ones, you've got your decentralized ones, and then you have the algorithmic ones, um, where USDC and, and Tether would be considered more of your centralized stable coins. You know, my DAI, um, those are decentralized and collateral backed. And then you have your um, your algorithmic ones. That, uh, I mean, it's it's a great idea. Uh, algorithmic stable coins it just hasn't hasn't worked out so far if, if somebody is able to crack that code on that it'll do very well but it's yeah, it's difficult 
Yeah, I, I feel like yeah. There's just so many other variables and, and outside factors that can contribute, or so many, so much room for error on the algorithmic stablecoin. But the, yeah, I would say I would agree. Like, there's some projects who are out there experimenting and, and doing an, a pretty good job. And, and if someone figures it out, I mean, you know, chef's kiss, it's going to be awesome. But uh, I, I feel like there's just it, it feels more secure um, to do it the the CDP way, and so y'all have my like what mechanisms exist to ensure that my can stay at the one dollar peg yeah, there's there's a couple i think principally like your debt is nominated in my so no matter what the price of my is it's always going to be able to unlock you know, a dollar's worth of your like pay back a dollar's worth of your, your debt right we don't we don't follow like the price of my and then until like a dollar so that that's that's good so if like the price of my goes down you know you can repay your debt really cheaply right? if the price of my goes up you can mint a bunch of my and then sell it in the market at a premium um that's kind of like the base we also have this fail safe called anchor which if you're familiar with MakerDAO, is kind of like the ability uh price the peg stability module so you can at any point Trade in your my, uh, or trade in USDC with the protocol meant uh, my with a one percent spread, and you can do the inverse, like trade in your my and get USDC. What that causes it it creates a, a price floor and a price ceiling for the price of my of a dollar and one cent to ninety nine cent. And you know we've seen that even in the worst of market conditions, uh, the peg has maintained. Like on Tuesday, there was no problem at all. I also would note that like liquidations are pretty pretty speedy because anyone can liquidate as long as you have our stablecoin, you can liquidate vaults and th those are partial liquidations. Uh, and they're very very competitive. People are making bots and you know like it's uh, it's pretty impressive how fast uh, those things get done. So yeah, we haven't really had any problems recently with like, some of those uh, factors. Okay, yeah. So the anchoring, where at any time you can convert your my into usdc or vice versa and then can you talk more on the vaults that you just mentioned uh how do those work like if i had you know a thousand matic tokens uh what's the process of of opening a vault and, and borrowing against it yeah um so if you had a thousand if you had a thousand matic tokens basically hop onto um finance app.my.finance, you go in there, you select, um, you know, create a vault um, with Matic, and then it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you have like a deposit, you have a deposit button where you just go ahead and uh, click deposit as long as your, your wallet is connected to the app, then it will go ahead and allow you to deposit. You enter the deposit amount. Um, now your Matic is in your in your vault uh, and now you're able to borrow so you can borrow up to uh, up to 130 percent collateral to debt uh, ratio and so um, um yeah then basically you can choose however much you want to borrow if you have a thousand dollars in matic you'll probably be able to borrow up to about uh, 750 66 percent 66 percent so it's like up to like 60 but yeah. uh 
you know, it's kind of like when you're borrowing on Aave or you're borrowing on any other lending platform, you really don't want to get on that line, right? Because if you go below that, the minimum, like the liquidation ratio, you're going to get liquidated. Um, and that's just to ensure that mice always over collateralized. Um, which is not, I mean, it's not huge, right? If you get liquidated because we do partial liquidations, you're taking a, like four to 6% hit. It's not like you're losing everything. So, I mean, ideally you, you, you don't get to that center. Okay. Do y'all, does MakerDAO also do partial liquidations? Yeah, I believe you take a 13% hit. Okay. Happens. Okay. And how do the liquidations yeah. happen? Is that like hard coded into, into the protocol? Uh, no, so that's just like a function that you can call when, uh, when some, somebody is like under the collateral ratio, like the minimum collateral ratio. Yeah, when a vault gets risky, well then uh, anybody with my is able to basically repay half of the debt and then take a equivalent amount of the collateral plus a 10% bonus. And so that's that's how it's done. Yeah, it's first come, first serve, so like an auction. Correct. Okay, and that's and, that's why people are making bots to call the function to liquidate those under collateralized faults. Exactly. Yeah, correct. Like okay. making good money. <laughs> yeah, they they happen so fast, and it really does help us out a lot. Making sure that the uh, the speed of it helps us out quite a bit. That uh, you know, no matter what, we don't have to worry about you know, my being under collateralized because these these liquidators have been amazing. Okay, yeah. So the okay, so you've got those safeguards in place, the anchor and then I borrowing with with my and I also read something about there's a debt ceiling safeguard in place. I couldn't find too much information about that. Can y'all go into that a little bit also? Yeah. So every every collateral that we have is kind of like a different vault type. And for every vault type there is a maximum amount of my that can be borrowed like in general across all those kinds of vaults. Um, and that's just to ensure that, you know, we don't have a scenario in which uh, somebody borrows a bunch of all at once. Um, but also, like, if, you know, you have varying levels of risky or like of risk profiles, right, for, for each collateral, we can have different limits to how much money can be borrowed from those collaterals. And that's something that we increase periodically um, for, like, most of our vaults. It's just, you know, whenever we reach the debt ceiling, 48 hours after, we'll increase it. Yeah, it, it prevents hyperborrowing. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense too. And how do y'all, I mean, is that done through governance when you raise the debt ceiling? Um, so that's something that we we came to a conclusion on like early, early on. Um, and so we don't have to vote on every debt ceiling increase. Something that's kind of like the MO is to increase it 48 hours after it's been reached. Okay, and so yeah, and that's all done through a, a multi sig. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Is that like a three of five multi sig? Yeah, the, the the plan is to eventually, you know, decentralize further, uh, right into like safe snap, safe snap, uh, like through like snapshot. Okay, and uh, so do so do y'all use Chainlink as an oracle for your protocol? We, we love Chainlink, you know, it's it's proven to be the best um, you know, like Oracle service because it's like decentralized and there are many different actors. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we can track the price of collaterals and that we can liquidate efficiently. 
because like, if, if you don't track the price of collaterals, then, you know, liquidators might not be making money and then they're not, you know, creating. But yeah, it's, it's very important that when everything goes south, uh, you're, you're, you're getting the right price. Yes. Yeah, and, and Chainlink is the gold standard basically for DeFi world when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, we felt like one less thing to worry about if we go ahead and use Chainlink oracles there. Yeah, so y'all were using, y'all decided that on day one. Did y'all even consider using any other type of Oracle solutions? If we thought about it, I mean, a lot of people, uh, some people are like do twops, right? But mm-hmm. if you look at other lending platforms, I mean, like Cashy, other ones like this, like uh, Cream, they really stick to the Chainlink Oracle. Uh, because I, I think it's just like the most like decentralized option. It's more battle-tested. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like all roads eventually lead to Chainlink. I think, you know, there's some protocols that end up using other protocol solutions or TWAPs or Oracle solutions, and uh, I just feel like eventually they say, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and use Chainlink. So I, I think it's, especially for a, a lending and borrowing protocol like yourselves, I think it's, yeah, it's security and, and accurate prices are very important. So yeah, that makes exactly. it makes perfect sense. Uh, and exactly. I mean, there's quite a few protocols though. Even if they do use TWAPs, they'll have like Chainlink oracles as like a failsafe, um, just in case some shit hits the fan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that actually. Um, yeah. So y'all, uh, Cheetow and Mai. Mai is the official stablecoin of the Polygon network. Uh, what What does that mean to be the official stablecoin of Polygon? Yeah, well, I'd say we're, we're the official stablecoin for their bounties and for their hackathons. Okay. And, you know, that's just a, a function of us, like, being the, the largest, like, native platform. I think we're only the only, like, I guess, sizable one at the moment. There's been others, you know, coming in and out. Um, we have a good relationship with the Polygon team. They, they've been, like, incredible since the beginning, helping us out, like, strategy, not just, like, you know, your average, like, marketing help. Um, the, from all fronts, they've really been great. And... Uh, at some point, they said, look, why are we using UCT for hackathons and for bounties when we have Mai right here? And so, you know, got together with them, and then, yeah, they made the switch. Yeah, I mean, from from kind of day, day one, they've been, um, they've been involved. Uh, we were the first, uh, you know, first native stablecoin protocol on, on Polygon. Um, yeah, some of, the, some of the founders are also early backers, into the protocol, yeah, it's it, it's been it's been a blessing having having them be involved every step of the way. Yeah, we're pretty big fans of the Polygon network too. You know, we're we're trying to get uh, a little bit more liquidity onto the Matic. Uh, blockchain for some of our products, DPI, MVI. You know, we've got some stuff on Sushi Swap right now. Um, but yeah, we're big fans of that, like Hamzacon and the rest of that team over there. They're they're incredible. They're awesome. Um, oh, yeah, Hams is great. Yeah, Hams is the man. Um, so, how does this protocol earn revenue? Like, what is the main revenue, or not just the main, but like, what are the revenue drivers to uh, Cheetow's treasury? Uh, we we have three main uh, streams of revenue. Uh, the first one is your repayment fee revenue. So. While we don't have an interest rate that accrues or you know is control, uh, we have a repayment fee. So whenever you do decide to repay your debt, which is whenever you want, you pay a 0.5% fee. 
that's that's one and that's going to be denominated in the collateral that you have we you we are having like all different kinds of like tokens coming in those and we have you know your deposit fee which comes from when you stake your lps with us which is also 0.5 percent uh and that's you know, denominated in the lp tokens and finally as we mentioned the anchor pay uh, anchor feature uh that takes a one percent for the transactions. Yeah, and I guess where where are those are those also stored with a multi sig or how you know or are those distributed to the community uh, of chi token holders? Yeah, that's a great question. So we all of that is stored in like our multi sig, right? Um, for, for the safest uh, way. Yeah, the the community voted to distribute what was it thirty percent of the anchor fee revenue, 30% of repayment fee revenue, and then um, use all of the deposit fee revenue to farm one of our farms. Then all of the other rewards we get from farming that are distributed weekly to the G stakeholder. So everybody that locks their chi and is applicable to receive those uh, weekly revenues. Yeah, uh, and to, to receive those, you just need to lock for longer than a week by the time we uh, take the snapshot. And then you can also boost your, your rewards if you stake for longer. You can stake for up to four years. If you do that, then you get a 4x boost in your rewards, as well as your voting power when um, we have chips out there. Yeah, it's, it's much like Curve does it, where you can like lock your governance token from you know a week to four years. And that, yeah revenue and then the voting power okay that's that's interesting so so it, they can stake it up to four years and then do they get another token like a receipt in return that they can then use in other protocols or how how does that work no no so it's, it's just like curve in that sense so like you you lock it up and it's there like you can't take it out for however long you locked it i mean of course somebody could come in and Lock it for people and give them a receipt token, but uh, we at the protocol level don't do that. Okay, and can Chi token holders? Uh, I mean, can they also vote on what new collateral to add to the protocol? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, that's like one of like the more fun improvement proposals that we have. You know, people get very lively about it. Um, we see that like before those QIPs. A lot of people start locking their chi and uh, trying to boost their voting power. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely, that's a big part of what they vote for. Yeah. What What else can token holders vote on? Oh man, they they vote on all sorts of things. So like partnerships that we have right now, there's two out uh, working with uh, an index, and then another one is a listing on a centralized exchange. And we just had a big, we just had a series of big ones for our liquidity mining program. Uh, that launched yesterday yeah that was a lot of you know amas town halls back and forth you know discussions on the discord what's the best way to move forward um and we ended up partnering with QuickSwap. they're going to be you know doubling their rewards and you know we reduced our emissions uh, i know as we start like it's maturing more as a protocol and uh yeah it's, it's been great so far yeah i am just a few other things is like lowering liquidation ratios. That was something that the community voted for. The revenue distribution. Revenue distributions. Yeah. 
Um, and so, I mean, almost almost every like, every big decision that needs to be made is made through like governance voting. And eventually, the plan is to have you know anybody. Well, not anybody. Like if you meet like a certain threshold of holding chi, you'll be able to post uh, these proposals. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me that you would, you know, if you have someone that locks their uh, chi for four years, I mean, how much of a multiplied voting power do they get with that? Or like 4x. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, they're locked in the protocol for four times longer than someone who's a passive holder and they've got a little bit more. Yeah, I, I feel like that kind of aligns the incentives with the long-term vision of the protocol and absolutely the, and the four-year stakers yeah absolutely like they, at that point they've got a lot of got a lot vested into uh you know chi dao and, and seeing it succeed i mean four years is longer than a lot of marriages <laughs> <laughs> nowadays so yeah i can see some four-year stakers here actually it's uh that's you yeah so y'all said you were looking to get uh listed on a on a centralized exchange is that for my or is that for chi uh it's for both i mean our mo is whenever we are approached with a proposal is to forward that proposal to the community so that we're not you know filtering away and you know there's a centralized exchange that came to us with a with an idea with a proposal and and now the community is you know debating about that whether it's going to go or not okay uh, can you say who that centralized exchange is yeah, yeah it's a sundex um, of course, like, you know, it's up to the community what they do. We can get listed now with them or not, and then later on we can somebody else from so yeah. we're definitely not in a, in a hurry there. Yeah, and I, I feel like on a, you know, a brand, a, a relatively new protocol on a relatively new blockchain, Polygon, it, it can be kind of hard to, I don't know, just create a, a sense of community and drive adoption of your protocol how do you feel like Cheetah has been successful in doing that? I think we've done a very good job of sort of indoctrinating our, our own like users. Like our community, the people that are in our community are very ardent followers of our protocol. And they participate a lot in the decision making process as well. I seem like the brainstorming process. Um, I think, you know, what we're looking at now uh, is going beyond that, you know, what, what about audiences that are outside of the immediate, I guess, Polygon sphere. Um, because if you're in Polygon, you probably heard of Cheetah, maybe if you, or I think the larger DeFi community is where you've had more to work. Because at the end of the day, we've been following a very organic model. It's marketing. We don't do any show groups. We don't pay people to talk nice about us. Um, I, I think that the people that hold our token today are the people that really believe in it and not necessarily holding it for many reasons yeah uh, i think a big big part of like our success so far is because of the community uh the community they they rally behind us they give great suggestions they if we if we throw out a question or if we throw out a proposal they'll they'll help craft what that draft proposal is and they'll help help us figure out what that finalized one is going to be um, they will they will kind of take it upon themselves to do whatever needs to be done. Um, they're very helpful when new people come into the space. So if uh, somebody somebody new is coming into Discord and 
and just checking out what Chidao is all about. Uh, our community is very, very helpful, which I, is a tremendous help for like myself and Ben and the entire team. That way we don't have to necessarily be you know, on the help desk answering every single question um, uh, or just, you know, being on, on Discord 24-7. They've, uh, they've done a tr- tremendous job at that. Um, yeah, and then I think one of the one of the big things that we're going to try and do is make our DAP a little bit easier for people to use as well. Um, people who aren't necessarily native to the DeFi world. I think if you know if you're familiar with DeFi, if you're yeah, if you're familiar with DeFi, you can probably figure a way around you know my dot finance. If you're not, it might be a little bit difficult. Uh, I think also the fact that we've had. A lot of people, or a lot of our users kind of grow up with us. Um, you know, they've seen us from kind of simpler days and like less features where now we have a lot more features. And so by growing with us, they've, they're able to kind of um, adapt and use the protocol really, like really easily. But for new newcomers, it might be a little, little tricky. So we want to help alleviate some of that, uh, that confusion when hopping onto my.finance. Yeah, I can sympathize with that. Even at, you know, I consider myself someone who's like pretty well versed in DeFi and, you know, play around in a lot of different protocols. But it's like every time I want to experiment with a new protocol, you know, I go to their, I go to their website and then to their app. And then it it always takes me a little bit of time to like click and like figure out what I need to do and where. And sometimes the terminology is just a little bit off and things aren't where they yeah. normally are so yeah i think it could be good to have you know a little bit more conformity on how and i feel like we are right i mean you've always got like your little tabs at the top on most daps and then you know but it could be a little it could be easier it's just like how yeah yeah exactly i mean we we try we try but there's always room for improvement i think one one great thing about polygon is that it gives people the opportunity to test things out and like just try without it costing an arm and a leg in gas fees where if again if you're on if you're on mainnet you wouldn't be able to just play around with a protocol without it costing you quite a bit yeah it's a different story and like what one that i'm thinking about right now is like sushi it's because you know they've got They've got Bento Box, which is like their vault, and they've got Kashi, which is lending. Like, just call it what it is. <laughs> um, but that's that's a yeah. different point. I, I love Sushi; they're they're great, and they're good partners with the Index Co-op as well. So, typically, when we have these conversations uh, with the co-op, I, I ask these protocols, you know, what is your scaling solution strategy look like? But y'all are native to Polygon, which is unique to most of the, I mean, I, I did interview Clinton Bimery at Slingshot, uh, who's also, you know, he built Slingshot for Ethereum and just said, you know, it doesn't make sense. So he just decided to deploy on Polygon instead. What well, What's it like deploying, just building on top of Polygon from the get-go and deploying up there? And do you see any potential scaling issues in the future? And, and if you do, like, what what are some of those potential solutions for that? Like layer three? I mean, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I I mean, first I you know we know Clinton. He's a good friend of uh, the protocol. We we all use Slingshot, so happy that they're on Polygon. Happy that they decided to come here. It's a good uh, tool for all of us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been great to be on on Polygon because I mean, I guess from the developer side, you can test out a lot of things. 
without spending a, a, like a bunch of money. Um, also, you know, there's a lot of opportunity if you're talking about Polygon versus Ethereum. It's a very well-developed market with a lot of things that are already offered. Whereas you see like Polygon, right? Like uh, at the beginning, now it's different. Now there's like a some Polygon. But at the beginning when we came, you know, there was no stablecoin protocol. There's no lending platform. Um, now, now more things are being developed and we were glad to have, you know, kind of staked our flag at the beginning. So we've been able to grow alongside Polygon. Now, in, I guess in terms of like scaling in the future, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of layer two, each with their own kind of uh, appeal or like their niche. You know, you got Polygon, they're big on, they have their roadmap of NFTs and gaming, you know, the ability to launch your own sidechain. I mean, SX Network is one that I can think of. They're launching through Polygon. So I, I think there's there's no really a worry for the scaling part. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're no stranger to other cultists as well. I, we recently switched over my to Solana, partnership with Saber, and yeah, that's done pretty well, I think. What, we've been here, we've been there a week, and uh, the LTV, or sorry, the TVL there is uh, 32 million, so it's, it's, it's quite a ride. Not that we're looking to redeploy or anything, but I, I think we've done a good job of spreading at least the liquidity about. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't realize that y'all were uh, thinking about deploying on Solana or, or have already. No, no, not deploying. <laughs> but it, it's just uh, spreading liquidity. I think there's just a need for decentralized stable coins in this, um, different L2s. If you look at, I mean, I will tell you specifically the case of Solana. You know, you have a lot of USDT, you have a lot of USDC, but ideally you're not using that. Right? It's one day USDC can say, okay, blacklist your wallet. CT, you know, we all know the, the worries that we have with those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, ours, I mean, bias, but ours is, you know, a decentralized solution. You know that it's backed by something you can see it because it's on-chain. And uh, it's much more scalable. We're not talking about dollars in a bank account. We're talking about tokens in, in the blockchain. So that's why we decided to offer that you know, asset to the Solana community. And it looks like they really like it. Yeah, that's interesting. So, how does the how does my get over onto Solana? Is it minted on Polygon and then bridged over to Solana some way, or how does that work? That's exactly correct. Yeah. So you you can lock up all your tokens on Polygon, like your bank, and then mint these my stable coins, bridge them across uh, our bridge, which is all bridge. It's not our bridge, but like it's the bridge we partnered with. Um, very cheap. Uh, very quick it's 15 cents flat fee at least for now um and yeah you can bridge over to solana and then put a saber and get those sweet saber rewards that they're giving us they've been very generous with those yeah we just did the calculations today with uh sabers bump in price it's like 42k a day (laughs) in dollars it's not bad wow that's great that's that's really Uh, interesting oh go ahead yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, CryptoTax, you, you forgot to ask Ben what other what other chains we looking at it. That was my next question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny you asked that, uh, CryptoTax. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, today we're actually launching on Relay Chain, and they're going to allow us to bridge over to Avalanche, Echo, and uh, BSC. Now, we're not looking to do 
partnerships just yet in all of them. And right now we're working with some people in Avalanche to announce some things there. And tomorrow we're launching on Uniswap, which is going to be bridging us to Phantom. So I think that's going to start helping all these L2s access a different, you know, like option for decentralized stablecoins, as opposed to relying on USDC and USDT. Or having to go over to Ethereum and and, and, and die, um, which is like a whole thing, you yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's it's so expensive to do that right now with gas fees. So are, so are y'all deploying the actual protocols on Phantom in Avalanche, or are you just bridging the the my asset over there? No, no. That, I mean, that would require some sort of like governance. So right now, it's just you know finding partners that need a decentralized stablecoin option. And, you know, getting them to incentivize liquidity uh, and working with them, you know, marketing well to um, bridge over my over, but not like any venting capabilities yet. Yeah, just just bridging and just bridging my. Yeah, not she. She's uh, staying in Polygon for now. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so what do you feel like is the, is the future for these centralized stable coins like USDC and USDT? Um, do you think that, I mean, I, I would assume that you feel like the future is decentralized stable coins like my and die. Um, I don't know. Just what, what do y'all think is going to happen with those in the future? There's so much regulatory uncertainty. Yeah. Look, I don't think they're going to die. I think they have their place. Um, I think in the future, what we're going to see is two parallel worlds. Like one that's like, you know, DeFi completely like decentralized people can you know, enjoy their freedom. And then you're going to see kind of like DeFi with a centralized twist. Uh, it's like more like regulatory friendly that can interact with companies that don't want to work with banks anymore. Maybe they want to do like their money management through like Circle, something like Compound Treasury, right? Or Aave Pro. Um, and in those scenarios, I think USDC would be quite nice for them, right? Because uh, uh, they're getting all sorts of licenses and they're working. And hopefully the SEC is like uh, nice to them. You know, we've seen recently that it can be a little hard to work with, but I, I think they're going to fit that bill. And then you'll have more decentralized stable coins that can live in the true crypto, right? Like the the free and decentralized and open source crypto. Yeah. It's a long winged answer. Let me know if that. Well, yeah, sense. and I've just I've always been a, a much bigger fan of the decentralized stable coin like Dai and and now Mai because I don't know just the thought that USDC could could freeze the asset in your wallet just i don't know it just kind of goes against the whole spirit of decentralization and what crypto and DeFi is is all about so yeah i think we're on the same page there um but yeah something else i wanted to touch on was a cheat out like what is the treasury makeup of cheat out and you know is there any treasury diversification strategy for the dow because we see a lot of DAOs, especially newer ones, like the majority of their treasury is made up of their native uh, token or their native asset. Um, but recently we've seen, you know, protocols like Vesper Finance and UMA recently add the BED index, a third Bitcoin, a third Ethereum, a third uh, DeFi Pulse index, which is an index coupe product. So, you know, I got to say that um, to their treasury. Are there any plans of like treasury diversification for Chidao or... Uh, what does that treasury makeup look like currently? Yeah, um, so right now, treasury is like divided, I think, into two buckets. Right? You have the chi that hasn't been emitted, which is about 
87, something like that, that hasn't been emitted. And we have uh, a little over 5 million in returned earnings, retained earnings. That seemed like a bunch of tokens. You got Curve, you got Matic, uh, like, you know, it's like a bunch of tokens. But yeah, look, I, I think there's it's no, uh, it's no secret that we're big fans of Index Scoop. Is, is it Index Scoop or Index Co-op? You know, um, for a while, it just depended on like what side of the pond you were from. I think a lot of people uh-huh. in the U.S. called it Coop, and then I go back and forth just to keep people guessing. Um, I mean, it's te- <laughs> technically it's the Index Cooperative, but I don't know. Okay. Our mascot's an owl, so Coop kind of fits. But at the same, you know, either way, you know, we. But for y'all, it's Chi Dao and not Ki Dao or Kwai Dao. Right, yeah. Chinese name, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll continue saying coop until somebody gets mad at me. Then. No, yeah, uh, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, look, we're 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 open to doing some like stuff. There there was a you know, an index company that reached out to us, uh, working with us. But we're also very excited to see P10 come out Polygon. A good way of like allowing us to get different diversification within the Polygon uh, Polygon tokens. Yeah, we'd love to hear more about where that's going and what are the options to there. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see the proposal, initial proposal for the P10 index, which is just like the Polygon 10 or just like a Polygon ecosystem index, which, yeah, y'all were going to be a part of. Uh, it's just, yeah, the, like liquidity issues. And then, you know, we use token sets for all of our smart contract auto rebalancing uh so we're depl- token sets is deployed on Polygon. It's just taking some. It's just developer constraints, right? Um, I think the the most scarce asset in the DeFi and crypto community is just developers. It's just it's so hard, right? right? Like y'all run into that issue, I'm sure too, right? Laos Laos spending late nights working, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, you said it right. There's like I mean, in general, I think shortage. But uh, hopefully, slowly but surely, we'll get more people that do it in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's also another another area where community comes into play is that um, if you have a really strong community and you have you know, like solid things for them to do, there's there's always bounties uh, for for us. I mean, yeah, we've, we've that. yeah we've we've looked to our community to try and assist us where we need help so i mean we've thrown out like developer bounties and we've had um royal aid from our community hop in there um nacho which you see here in the in the audience and i see as well yeah in analytics so yeah we definitely had like people come in and help out um and more to that like p10 stuff that you mentioned liquidity um have you guys thought about you know partnering with underlying tokens at all to like feed it yeah, I'd, I'd say we're we're in conversations with a lot of uh, Polygon native protocols, and uh, you know, I think yeah, I saw some discussion about getting DPI listed on My Finance or or Cheat Out. I would love that, man. Um, we're definitely going to be in the next uh, YP, so we're going to probably be launching maybe next week, mm-hmm. maybe this weekend, uh, uh, improvement proposal for the next collateral. And DPI is certainly going to be on there. You guys have enough liquidity. Uh, you have a Chainlink Oracle. Uh, it's just you know a matter of voting for it. Yeah, is that uh, a consideration y'all y'all go through? It is that 
the underlying asset for collateral needs to have a chain link oracle? 100%. It needs to, uh, well, uh, like DPI itself has a chain link oracle. Oh, right. Yeah. Like okay. the, the index. So like that, that, um, if they don't have a chain link oracle, it just becomes harder to price it. You know, there, there are ways to like derive the price if like there's some connection between the token you're talking about and like other token you're lying, lying it, but, uh, yeah. The less the less complex the better. Yeah. yeah, like for for example, like Quick or DQuick or something like that, um, we will probably be able to if Quick just has the uh, like sure. Oracle, we'll be able to come up with a pricing for DQuick based off of that. It's like a multiplier. So yeah, yeah, because they're going to also be on the next uh, improvement proposal as a, an option host as well. There's a yeah, very very excited to see where that goes and you know who the community votes for. Yeah, make sure you get the uh, co-op. Uh, the co-op community to uh, to get in there and vote as well. And yeah, we'll, we'll share that. Yeah, yeah, and the coop community as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll get both the co-op and the coop community involved on that one, definitely. Um, Perfect. So, okay, well, just kind of some other fun questions at the at the end here. Uh, so, you you talked about the Polygon uh, ten index, and you know we've got the Bed index, the DeFi Pulse index, the Metaverse index. We also have the data economy index coming soon, which will have like chain link and graph and all the all the things that people think should be included in DPI, but are not technically DeFi. But you know that's a conversation for another podcast. Uh, what what other index would you think would be interesting for the index co-op to come out with? I mean, on, on Polygon, I think it's kind of limited in terms of like the the native assets. I, I I'm a big fan of P10. Do you have like an L two L two index? Like a uh, like Polygon and Avalanche Perhaps. and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's that's something we've talked about. It's just you know it, we need to have that asset on Ethereum for the rebalancing of the smart contract. Yeah. So yeah, liquidity right. can be an issue there unless we're bridging it with you know like with the data economy index, we're going to have Filecoin on there, but we're, we're bridging that asset over using the REN protocol and consensus bridge. And I'm not 100% familiar how that works, but great idea from our methodologists on the data economy index for, for putting that together and working through those issues. But yeah, I think that would be interesting too, if we could get like, you know, you've got Optimism, Arbitrum, whenever they come out with their token, and then Avalanche and Solana, and maybe like just Phantom, yeah. maybe just like EVM compatible L2 <clears throat> solutions or something like that. Stuff. It could be really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Have you maybe thought about an NFT index? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, that's in the works right now. You know, really? like currently, like we have the Metaverse Index, which kind of covers like the nft ecosystem in a sense but we also you know in that you know it's also like blockchain gaming and like entertainment and then you know audius is in there and they just signed that big deal with tiktok which is like awesome mm -hmm. yeah but yeah we're like are we can we reach out to people who are aficionados or really you know really into art and nfts to know what's hot and popular to develop this index it, it's something we're discussing I don't know how far we are on the roadmap. I would say we've got a lot of other indices that we're working on right now. But yeah, it's definitely something that's been in discussion. I think it would be really popular and a really hot item. So yeah, I think that's that's a cool one too to think about. 
Can you just blew my mind real quick? Okay. I never knew it was called indices. I always thought it was indexes. We're not educated, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, not Put a lot of people know. Yeah, you know, it's the Coop Co-op, index, indices, you know, it's just... It's okay, fun. we're in Miami Maddox, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. struggle with names ourselves, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all originally called it Mematic, and that's still like the the ticker symbol, I guess, right? Why Why did y'all contract? Why did y'all change the name? Well, it was the community that wanted uh, name my time. You know, we were already like a creation would have been uh, it would come with its own risk. People leaving behind Mematic and not bridging over, and then you have Mematic and my so. Yeah, we just uh, got together with all our partners and said, yo, can you, uh, most of the big players have already changed it, like Swap, called all the big people we work with have changed on, on Solana, for example, the contract is my as well. So on Phantom, on BSC, on Avalanche, it's all, it's, it's all going to be my. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just, me, it's just me, Matic on Polygon <laughs> then? Yeah. Oh, At least like uh, in the parentheses, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what other projects on Polygon? do you think people should paying attention to or what other projects are catching y'all's eye right now or what other projects are y'all involved in? I don't know which ones I can talk about. Like what has launched? Um, I mean, I, I know that you're, you're a big, I think all of us are kind of big fan of like Impermax. Yeah. Impermax is nice. Um, all that adamant finance has been wonderful. And they're, they're always like, they're always active in our community. Um, there is there is one I don't know if I can mention it, but you know just for the index scoop market is uh, market.xyz is coming out and they're kind of like Rari that you can like launch isolated lending markets for anything so basically like uh, I guess like a permissionless in a way um, very excited about that very very excited about kind of the interoperability that we could do with them okay so that's like Rari fuel fuse where you can have those those fuse pools. I guess. 100%. Yeah, I think that's going to like take the complexity of Polygon up a step and really make it stand out. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've been meaning to reach out to those Rari guys for a while to get them on the, the index coop or conversations with the co-op or however you want to say it. So, yeah, just give me more reason to reach out to those guys and maybe even reach out to the market.xyz guys while I'm at it. They're pretty um, smart. They're pretty smart guys. Yeah. Uh, Market.xyz. I mean, if you if you need a kid. Okay, yeah, I, I might I might use you for that. Um, just like a couple more things we wanted to touch on here. Um, we've talked a lot about Cheetow and a lot of things that are upcoming. But what what a what on the roadmap for Cheetow gets y'all most excited? Uh, I don't know about you, Kila, but for me, the thing that I'm most excited about is Adderall. Uh, uh, now implementation is uh, to be announced, but I, I think that's something that will definitely take us to the next level. Um, being able to borrow my um, LPs is something a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, also, like another short-term one is um, Vault Incentives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I think Vault Incentives are, um, are going to be really, really great. Um, Really positive thing for the community is and just polygon in general vault incentives basically just means if you have um if you have money in a vault and you have and you're borrowing or not money but if you have crypto in a vault and you're borrowing my against it um you may be eligible for getting chi rewards um, and so 
uh, I think the requirement is just that you are between what is the ratio? Uh, it's two. It's seventy-two. It's like twenty-five percent over, and a one hundred fifty percent over. Yeah, we'll come back to you. <laughs> specific. But basically, if if you borrow a certain amount, like to a certain degree, um, then we'll incentivize. You know, like Ave does it as well. You know, Ave, you can those rewards. The thing would be awesome is like you can lock up your tokens and get their deposit reward. Take that receipt, put it in our borrow against, then you get our rewards and you get their reward before you even do anything with your bank. Uh, efficiency of that is industry. I don't know if we'll be incentivizing those yet, but I think in general, like having this incentivized spending, is definitely like along the lines of what most lending are doing, and I think it should be good for a protocol. Yeah. Yeah, I think the yeah. Bolt incentives sound like a really good way to help bootstrap and you know drive adoption and in, in awareness to your protocol. But also, yeah, like using your LP as collateral. I don't know why, but that why that's just so underutilized in the space. Like I know, Impermax does it, uh, which y'all just talks to talk about. But yeah, I mean, if I've got, you know, if I've got an ETH WBTC, you know, liquidity uh, token, why can't I leverage that? Right, that's it's an asset, right? Uh, yeah. So I think yeah, that's a really good idea too. Yeah, what just makes sense to me. Um, Okay, well, yeah, we're kind of running up on time here. Guys, it was great talking to y'all. Love Cheetow. Love the protocol. Hope to see more partnerships between Cheetow and Index Co-op in the future. So, so last question, where can people go to find out more about the two of you and Cheetow? Uh, I mean, to learn more about Cheetow or to find out more, you can definitely follow us at uh, the Cheetow Protocol on Twitter. You can also join our Discord. It's linked on our Twitter. Um, awesome community, always willing to help out. So uh, that's stuff that for that. Um, you can, if you want to ask me anything, my Twitter is Benjamin. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll post it on the on the uh, here for. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you can you can DM me on on Twitter. I think it's zero uh, x kilo, and then uh, I'm active on I'm active on Discord. So. Just hop in there. I think that's probably going to be the best place. Is yeah. hopping into Discord, getting into the getting into the community. You'll, I mean, you'll meet a ton of chimps there. Uh, chimps are basically what we call our community members. Um, very friendly people, very educated people. They'll answer anything that you need, any questions you have. Myself and Ben are in there. You'll be able to find us. You can tag us, ask us questions there. Or you can DM us there. Yeah, even well. people from other protocols. I've seen like Quicksub people there. And- yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, folks. yeah, we also have like partner partnership channel in there as well. If you, if you're working on something and you're looking to partner with us, I'll hop in there and just question. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. So this is being recorded. We'll probably get the episode out uh, in about maybe a week or so, but yeah, I'll link y'all's Twitters and, uh, the, the cheat out Twitter in the sub stack. And then, you know, this will be on Spotify too. So, all right, guys, I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for your time, man. Take care. Yeah. Appreciate it.